and welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, the editor of wrongfootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. Salutations, good sir. <laughs> this week we are uh, taking a look back over the week that was week 10 of the NFL season. A week we saw Remy finally get a, a Thursday night pick right, and also uh, we'll be making our picks for week 11's games as well. So uh, first of all, let's have a look through some of the talking points from around the league. How are you doing, G? Everything Okay. Yeah, are we sure that it counts as a point when you only got it right because you picked against your own doesn't, instinct? Doesn't matter how you do it, it counts as a point. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll be doing the same again this week because it worked. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> the, uh, the first talk about we're going to have a look at is uh, Jerry Jones, the uh, the owner of the uh, the, the, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, we we kind of missed this one last week because it was kind of coming out just as we were recording the podcast, as is as is typical. Uh, but we thought it was, uh, was was worth talking about. Jerry Jones has threatened uh, to sue the NFL, and, and more to the point, personally sue the uh, the, the the six owners on the uh, on the on the committee that uh, that, that vote for the uh, for the for the uh, the commissionership, I suppose. Um, Roger Goodell, if his co- if his contract is uh, is extended, he's, the, those people are apparently going to get sued. Goodell's been he's been commissioner since two thousand six. Uh, an extension at the end of the year next year, uh, we would take him up to uh, to twenty twenty four as a league's commissioner. Um, Jerry Jones is is he hadn't specifically um, said why he was making the threat, but he has hired quite a re- well renowned uh, lawyer, David Boys, to re- represent him. Um, Goodell's always been a bit of a polarizing figure hasn't he yeah i mean i think we need to split this into a couple of narratives um but there's been a lot of stuff that goodell has not handled um very well Mm. and it appears that to an extent he's almost been reacting to a series of events rather than planning yeah and i think that is more of what is going on here than just the sort of overarching narrative that we keep hearing, which is that this is all about Jerry Jones throwing his toys out for his pram about um, the treatment of Ezekiel Elliott and the suspension. And I think when you look at some of the stuff that's been coming out about the proposed new contract, you can understand why. We're talking about $49.5 million and, you know, private planes and insurance for his family for life. And it's just like... Think what he's actually angling for is hang on a minute, you know, can we negotiate this and also approaching the strategy of it? Because what they do is they split a lot of these of things up into they have little subcommittees who go away and deal with it, yeah. and they sort of like get together, work work through the problem, then report back to all thirty two owners, and the thirty two owners ratify it. And I think for for Roger Goodell contract, given what we've had with um, sort of Deflate Gate, the Ray Rice incident, and and what's been going on with the protest and falling um, viewer figures, Jerry Jones is just saying, "Hang on a minute, D- is all this really worth us giving this man mm. X amount of a million dollars a year?" And it has to be said, when you, it's an eye-watering figure considering what's been going on. And Roger Goodell is like a lifer NFL guy. He he went in, I believe, as an intern and has been there all the way through and that might help explain why it feels like there's a lot of stuff that he's not done right it actually in my opinion I think the one one that he's probably getting held up to apart from the Ezekiel Elliott thing from, from Jerry Jones but you know a lot of owners are cross about what's going on with the protest I actually don't think he's handled badly but that's more the exception rather than the rule yeah I mean how much of it do you think do you think is the, that, that Ezekiel Elliott suspension I think there's an element of that but I think it's got to be part of it. Yeah. But, you know, Jerry Jones is also in the business of making money and running the league. And I'm not sure that he's comfortable handing out that amount of money, given that I think previously the thing was that Goodell was like the stand in bad guy who took all the flack 
for the owners and they were quite happy for him to be the full guy but now it's actually beginning to affect product or at least if that's the narrative that's being discussed in the states yeah then I think there's actually a little bit more to it than just you've suspended my running back and I'm going to cost you money as a result. It's, that's I mean that's how it feels to me. It's I know it's because didn't from what I've read didn't he didn't he apparently vote for him like, like a year ago? Well, here's the thing. I think part of this is to do with the fact that um, this com- this um, committee sort of went away and have basically like negotiating his contract through whatever process they've been doing and they present it back and I don't feel that. I that um, he's happy about that process with this particular particular um, issue in terms of dealing with Goodell's pay structure. But also, what he's coming out and saying is, is we need incentive performance. We're not just going to give this man, you know, nearly fifty million dollars. And I'm not sure that mm-hmm. isn't per year. I need to pull, pull it up. But you know, it is a phenomenal amount of money for someone in given the comparative positions. When you know, he could probably hire. I don't know, half a dozen people of very senior CEOs for that kind of money. It is an extraordinary amount of money. It is. It absolutely is. We'll have to, uh, have to stay tuned to see what happens there because it's going to be a, uh, an interesting one for the league as a whole, I think, because uh, depending on, on which way that goes. Um, let's have a look at a couple of uh, other bits. We're going to do a bit of a, bit of a, bit of a rundown again of, uh, of, of the news this week. I was week. just going to ask, ask because you know I had other things apart from, from the one I mentioned to you the other day. So yeah. I, I, we're going for the smorgasbord That's approach, it. Let's, let's, let's go for the scattergun approach and we'll see, we'll see what sticks. So uh, the first thing that you, you mentioned to me the other day was, uh, was Martellus Bennett, um, who, uh, who, who left the, the Packers last Friday, was it? And then was pretty much immediately signed by the, uh, by the Patriots. Well, yeah, this is a strange one because the, he was actually cut by the Packers yeah. with, with um, a specific designation about undisclosed injury. And he was talking about, apparently he'd come back from the bye week talking about going to go get surgery on his shoulder that he was having problems with mm. um, and was talking about retiring. They cut him with that designation and then suddenly the Patriots pick him up on waivers. And I'm guessing given that their record's pretty good that you know there can't be anybody else that were putting in for him because otherwise they would have had precedence because it goes in reverse order. So if someone like the Browns or the Colts or the Bengals are putting a, a waiver wire pickup for Bennett, they would have got him because it is done on like, like seeding a record, but the Patriots picked him up. And so there's all this discussion about, um, Oh, his shoulders hurt. And he's, he's complaining about the um, doctor from green Bay yeah. sort of like, you know, forcing him to play pretty much. And then he goes and plays for the Patriots. So a, his story's not straight, but B also he's upset quite a lot of people in, in, in Green Bay, we've had a couple of players coming out, and I've heard um, an ex ex employee, um, Andrew Brandt, who does a lot of media work and writes for um, Monday Morning Quarterback and does various podcasts, talking about the fact that the, the, the doctor in question is actually one of the more conservative in the league, and that when Brandt was doing um, injury exemptions, he was always saying, "All oh, right, we'll do four weeks," and the, the agent would turn around and go, "No, no, the doctor said six and he go, "Okay, then," because he knew that. that you know the doctor was always conservative, so it doesn't ring true that they would be trying to force Bennett back on the field. No, that's it. It's a, it's a, it's a that's a it's another strange situation. And, and the he he said that the uh, I think in, a, in an interview this week, I think he said something like the the Packers tried to to f him over was his exact comments. I think they will be coming after some of his signing bonus. Yes, I think you're probably right. Uh, what, what else happened there? So uh, Ezekiel Elliott's suspension started as well, hasn't it? Yes, and. 
He's out for at least four weeks yeah. uh, until he actually has his court date um, at the beginning of December, where I, I would imagine, given what happened to Brady, it will get thrown out and failed and he will have to serve the other two. Yeah. I could be wrong because we've been through this a lot, but it feels like he's run out of options a bit. But certainly yeah. he's out for the next three weeks. Mm, that, that's it. It certainly does. And, and it's, that's, that's obviously bad news for uh, for those Cowboys. They, they certainly had a, didn't have a great week this week, did they? No, they really didn't. Although um, the, the name of their tackle who went out um, escapes me, but more of a problem seems to be the six sacks that they gave up and the offensive line problems than Ezekiel Elliott going out. Speaking of which, uh, yeah, um, Adrian Claiborne, um, who, who got those six sacks from the uh, uh, from the Falcons, um, he's he's just bagged himself seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars for that for that uh, for picking up those six. Oh, is that a bo- is some kind of bonus? Yeah, yeah. It's part of his uh, part of his package is, is a bonus if he gets six sacks in a game. Well, uh, that's yeah. an, that's one of those ones where they put those those escalators in because it bumps up the contract and they don't necessarily expect to hit them. So, yes. but you know, I think I think under the circumstances they'll probably take it because it's you know it was a pretty handy help to the team. It certainly was absolutely. Um, any what else do you uh, what else caught your eye this week? Well, the other one that I I I was particularly keen on covering was. Um, I think we'll actually hear more in the off season, but we had two over the week um, ten games issues of back again to the concussion protocol, and you had uh, basically in the Seahawks game Russell Wilson mm. nip off to the tent, basically yeah. say I'm fine and come back again, and we also had Jacoby Brissett go out for like an incredibly quick. Uh, um, check and it just feels like once again we know these uh, the players are incredibly competitive and it's a charge situation and it just feels like they need a stronger protocol in place and maybe mm. they just need to make them sit for sit for a series like if you come out for a concussion check you can't just rush, rush back in you have to sit for that series and that enables them to actually get in and check properly because certainly I don't think that um, Wilson was um for, for for the Seahawks and it feels like Brissett was very quickly dealt with and this is not something we should be playing with and I don't necessarily blame the players particularly if they're feeling fine but if the referee's done the right thing said that was a hell of a hit I think you should take you should be checked out then we're learning with what's going on with CTE and the concussion issues yeah. that yeah those players should be checked out yeah definitely um, another injury this week was uh, the Drew Stanton as well so the so uh, the Cardinals already on their on their second string quarterback. Uh, yeah, Drew Stanton's now gone out with an injury. Yes, and still no Colin Kaepernick. No, that's it. Well, well yeah, I don't know whether they'll uh, they'll pick him up now, but yeah, I, I don't think. Um, I think it's quite clear. And in fairness, he hasn't been in training camp, so I'm not sure that he's sort of totally set to do it. But the idea that he is not better than a lot of the backup yeah, quarterbacks, than 64 quarterbacks, there's not 64 quarterbacks that are better than him. Yeah, and and quite frankly, there, there, there are a bunch of starters. I'm not sure that that you would well, rather yeah. have him out there. Vin at the moment including Joe Cutler <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll cover that one in detail in a bit I would imagine right then that's week 10 uh, so let's have a look at uh, some of the uh, the bigger games of the week uh, first of all as we always do we'll start on the Thursday night game it's the uh, Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals uh, the divisional match in the NFC West uh, Seattle went into this one at 5-3 and three, while the Cardinals were at 4-4 four and four. Um, not the best match you'll see all season, was it? But it wasn't bad. No. Um, first things first, because I know it's very important to you. What did you make of the Seahawks' colour rush uniform? Uh, it's the same one they've worn for the last couple of years, isn't it? So it's it's all right. It's it's a bit uh, bit bright for me. I I, I kind of like it, and I like their commitment to it. I mean, if you're going to do a colour rush uniform, let's not math, mess around with sort of like 
plain white yeah. ones and uh, and black ones when your yeah. team doesn't really have black in the in the um in your colour scheme. So let's go for the really high vis <laughs> accent colour. Yeah, very much so. That's it. They could could have come straight off a building site. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, looking at the uh, the teams and the, uh, the 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 how the, how each of the uh, the sides did. Arizona that was the first. Obviously, having a look at, uh, at them first of all, they didn't really have any any run offense to speak of, did they? No, um, it was very close. Um, obviously, it was a short short week to a yeah. game where. Um, Adrian Peterson had over like 30 carries and I, I, one of the questions I had was where, how much he would be able to carry the load just three days after and the answer is not very great not didn't he fumble the ball on like his first carry uh, I don't know if it was his first but he definitely it was early on yeah he did have a, have a, yeah, a, a fumble he, he's he's kind of always had butterfingers hasn't he AP though uh, yeah it was definitely in the first drive and I'm not sure it wasn't like the first or second carry it could well have been it could well have been it was uh, yeah it was, was very early on and yeah he just couldn't get things going and you know what Drew Stanton didn't look that bad. He wasn't out of place, was he? No. It was uh, yeah. It wasn't wasn't the worst patch. I think it was a bit of a what I, I haven't seen what the what the actual injury was. Um, he sprained his knee. Um, ah, right. It was um, it was on a sack. You actually saw him hit and get up quite gingerly, and I, I was actually quite impressed. That he sort of gutted out and kept playing because he was limping pretty damn heavily when he got up after the sack. Oh, I didn't recall uh, spotting that one. There was, what, it was definitely it was either a sack or a hit, but definitely yeah. yeah no, he, he, a large defensive gentleman fell on top of him, <laughs> which is never nice. No, absolutely not. I mean, you know, three hundred plus of um, a man moving very quickly. Yeah, you have to be mm. pretty tough uh, tough to play quarterback. And it was indeed um, Adrian Peterson's first carry and and on the yeah. first drive where he fumbled. There we go. One thing I did spot though, uh, there was a safety for uh, for the Seahawks. Yes, well, uh, <laughs> I mean the. Cardinals line did struggle a bit, yeah. and 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 they just kept got forced backwards. And yes, we got a safety. And, and I'm assuming you thought of me when it happened. Of course, I always do. I always think of you when I see safeties. Yeah, and in fairness, on the other side of things, Russell Wilson was doing more Russell Wilson similar things of running for his life as Drew Stanton. Only he, his was a very different way of dealing with it. Yes, they've only just got the Texans um, tackle whose name temporarily escapes me in there, and he's he's sort of it was kind of interesting that you know sort of like for the first week of training, that uh, Pete Carroll was sort of waxing lyrical about. He just knows things and he knows where to be and he understands the game plan. It's like yes, this is what an NFL offensive lineman looks like if you actually have good ones. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. And like like you say, Russell Wilson, he, he had a he had a uh, he did a few. Well, there was one in particular that, that, that strikes me where he uh, he got out of a, a very deep hole and managed to make a make not only make a a, a, a throw and, and, and catch, but the, the other guy I can't remember who caught it, but he, he made some yards as well. Yeah, I mean the thing with Wilson is that is so impressive is that not only is he able to escape and operate between that uh, but or behind that offensive line but he doesn't take big hits it's no. just, you know for a quarterback who runs he is so clever about getting out of bounds and getting down and not taking hits that it feels much more sustainable than a lot of mobile quarterbacks and you do worry about the fact that at some point they're going to have to get an offensive line because at some point he's going to slow down and yeah. we've seen for stretches um, it's a couple of seasons back where it was like half a season stretch where he looked like uh, you know he could absolutely play drop back quarterback if they had some kind of protection and I'm not saying mm. that you should ignore his movement because it's a handy skill but it, it's it's very obviously a franchise decision that when one of the ways we're going to be competitive is we're going to have a really good defense and we're not going to invest in our offensive line. But it just it feels like they've almost got the balance too far out of whack. 
Yeah, I, I think it, I think it does. But I mean, he got he got he still got hit quite a few times, didn't he? Yeah, because there's only so much you can do when yeah. defenders are in the backfield that quickly. Yeah. Um, on the other side of the ball, Cam Chancellor uh, for the Seahawks had a, had a good game, didn't he? Nine tackles and an assist. Uh, he also forced that fumble from AP. Yeah, I mean, he's he's you know one of the founding members of the Legion of Boom, and when he was holding out, if you remember, I can't remember if it was last season or the season before, but he held out at the start of the season, and that team was not right. And mm. they always notice it when one of, one of the safeties is out, and now we're about to find out how badly they're affected when Earl Thomas was already out with a bit of a hamstring niggle, I don't think that's serious. Yep. Cam Chancellor went out um, of this game and was carted off, and obviously Richard Sherman's um, ruptured his Achilles, and that's the end of yet another um, Iron Man streak because he's basically played every snap for seven years since he's come in. Yeah, which means the uh, the Seahawks could be uh, yeah could be it could be a difficult game. I think they've got the Falcons. I think this week. Um, I uh, think so. But the, interestingly, they've already picked up Byron Maxwell, so they've gone to a familiar uh, um, free agent yeah. as as uh, as uh, I was about to say replacement, but you know. Standing, yeah. standing. Yeah, that's it. Well, we both uh, picked the Cardinals on this one. Uh, I picked them against my better judgment, but uh, I still picked them. And uh, yeah, it was my first, my first correct pick on Thursday night for it's I, week. I like the points total, and it was a little nervous at times, but they covered. <laughs> that's it. Um, another game that I'm sure had you a bit nervy was the uh, the Bengals. It was the Bengals and the Titans on Sunday night. One of the uh, earlier games on Sunday. Um, Bengals have seemingly been in a bit of a self-destruct season this year um, a bit of it like you've, you've said before it's a bit of an end, a bit of an, end of an era I think uh, in, in Cincinnati but they did need a win obviously here to get to get back on track they actually did pretty well it was, it was quite a close game and it, it, if it wasn't for a touchdown with about 30 seconds left uh, they would have probably got it yeah it's again it's such a frustrating season because it, it was another game of would have could have um, you know we had Vontez Perfect get um, sent off at the end of the second half for it was kind of a ridiculous... Um, it was very harsh. Well, see, here's the thing. The penalty he got for defenceless, you know, mm. hitting out of bounds, yeah. he pulled up. He didn't hit him. They made yeah, I, contact. You see, I, I think he... I thought he leaned in a bit. I, I do I think thought he, he went was coming for up. it. He was coming up. Yeah. His head, he was coming out of, of, it, of, of a hit. And he, so he did... He was lowered down to hit. He saw the thing. He came up. He put. His, held his hands up. They, as much as anything, I think they tangled legs. That was a tough flag, and then there's some chuntering going on between him and an offensive lineman, and that's it. And he brushes like a, the hand away of a um, official when when the when the official got between them, and yeah. you just can't do that. It's just a stupid thing, and it's I just so frustrating because he's such a good linebacker. But the thing is, he carries his reputation. Mm. And so he's not going to get the benefit of a doubt in that situation, and I can't really blame the rest for that. And I don't think they're targeting him, but no. any referee team that's coming in to, to do the Bengals they're going to know that they need to keep an eye on 55 because of his recent discipline record yeah I don't think he helped himself when he was when he was um, leaving the field you see him throwing up the money signs and things like that no and, I and didn't giving it a yeah, gave a bit, a bit of a mouth I mean, to, he's the, given to someone up, in the crowd he's, he's something like 300 grand's worth of um, fines in the last in his career so far I think so yeah it is kind of crazy. Should we get back to the game in some of the? Let's games? get back to the. Yes, absolutely. So it was it was twenty points to twenty four in this one to the uh, to the Tennessee Titans in the end. I don't think did we actually say the score in the last game? It was Seahawks twenty two, Cardinals sixteen. If we didn't, um, <laughs> but yeah, Beng- yeah, uh, Bengals twenty, Tennessee Titans twenty four. Um, it it was one thing that uh, the, the, that you, you don't see uh, very often is uh, Ryan Suckup missing a uh, missing a, a field goal inside fifty yards. It was. His first miss in fifty-seven attempts, going back to two thousand and fourteen. In indeed, and and 
another kicking stat for you. I mean, Absolutely. I thought we'd start maybe with the quarterbacks and the fact that Andy Dalton actually had a better quarterback rating through for an extra yard and an extra touchdown and didn't throw an interception and still lost. Um, <laughs> It was sort of more of the same. Defense did pretty well, but they seemed to be having um, problems getting off the field in third down. And meanwhile, the, the Bengals can't convert a third down to save their life. Mm. Um, they can't run the ball effectively, and, and they've got more offensive line problems. But at least this week, um, there are a couple of long touchdown passes, and with Dalton being able to connect to both AJ Green and Brandon LaFell, get a couple of touchdowns that sort of, you know, almost should have won us the game if the defense could have just stiffened at that right moment but they couldn't contend yeah that that touchdown from uh, AJ Green was it was a 70 yard wasn't it it was uh, yeah it was lovely yes no it, it was kind of like just what you wanted to see after the week before and the stuff with the Jaguars that's that, you know it's very much mm. the AJ Green I remember yes absolutely that's it yeah forget the other week that that didn't happen um your your defense was pretty good um managed to, to get uh, get get Mariota down four times yeah, uh, the, the pass rush has been really good this year, and I've, yeah. I've, talked, I've been talked you... talked about it in preseason, and that's definitely come through in. I think part of the problem we had was, as well as um, Vontez Burfecht going down, we lost um, ba, 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 Adam Jones as well, uh, mm. concussion, and so he came out. And so losing some of the experienced heads that maybe the, the team needed because it was a very young, you know, sort of we've got a young defensive line rotation, particularly as Pat Sims has gone down injured, is sort of like our veteran run stuffing. Uh, um, defensive tackle and so there was between that and Sean Williams being out in the secondary of injury so there's a, there's a few young players floating around that are playing really well but I'm wondering if that's contributing to the third down issues potentially and, and you, you weren't you weren't your run defense wasn't particularly good well I don't know whether it was your run defense wasn't particularly good or, or the Titans run offense was was pretty good I think it's a bit of both to be yeah. honest the, the, the Bengals have not the Bengals haven't given up like terrible numbers if you look at it um, in DVOA terms and, and, and sort of like counting stats. But I, I have thought that often the Bengals look a bit soft in the middle. Uh, just And it can work, but it, it does seem that, that, that there are creases and, and gaps for runners to find. Just explain DVOA um, for anyone listening. Good. Uh, the DVOA is, um, I can't remember the proper name of the in acronym, but it's like the overall efficiency stat of the Football Outsiders website. And they do basically they work out league average in each expectation and then what actually happens compare the two and they use that to rank the teams uh um on a whole number of things offensive numbers defensive special teams that they'll even go to defenses against first receivers second receiver tight ends and it because it's a really interesting and useful analytics stat because it's done on a weighted um basis of against league average and also against the teams you've placed it, it gives you a really interesting overall statistic which isn't the be all or end all but is um an interesting stat that i use a fair bit yes i've noticed i just thought uh, just thought for a second there it's something i meant, meant to pull you up on a couple of weeks ago and forgot about <laughs> it but uh, yeah thought it no, was uh, worth no, clearing always have yeah no, absolutely <laughs> there's a link off my link section to the website and it's well worth uh, your time if you are a stats based nerd yes. and interested in mathematics and football Absolutely. Uh, well, it was a good game. I uh, really quite enjoyed this one, and it was uh, it, yeah, it was it was it was tough. I'm, I'm going to imagine for you towards the end because uh, you you really could have uh, really could have done it, but uh, you so did, so frustrating. Yeah, but you did you did pick them. You did pick the Bengals, and because of the spread, you were correct. So uh, that was that was one of the points that you picked up over me this week. And then third game was the New Orleans Saints and the Buffalo Bills. It ended Who that? It, yeah, it ended forty-seven ten to the New Orleans Saints. It was an absolute routing. Um, the Saints won the last six going into this game. Bills had suffered a setback last week, uh, losing to the Jets. 
yeah, it was uh, pretty one-sided, wasn't it? There was a field goal at the beginning and a touchdown at the end for the Bills. But other than that, it was yeah, they didn't really have anything going. I think the Bills might be in a little bit of trouble. Not in the mm. long term, but um, if you remember, at the, at the um, trading deadline, they sent Marcel Darius to... I'm forgetting which team they sent him to. Uh, yes, I can't The remember. Jaguars. They yes, sent him to the it. Jaguars for, for like a draft pick. And... They were they had concerns about his contract and what they were going to have to pay him the next year, and so they were, they wanted to pick back. But that does seem to have left a bit of a hole in their defense because the Jets moved the ball very well on them. And my word, did the Saints run the ball down their front? Oh, yeah. I mean, was it twenty four straight running attempts in in a game for the first time since the nineteen eighties? Wow, twenty four straight! I didn't know that. Didn't yeah. realize it was twenty four yeah, straight. No. Pretty sure it's something like that. Yeah. Well, it was. They got six. All, all well, six rushing touchdowns and two hundred and ninety-eight rushing yards, which is huge. Yeah, I mean, they just kept running the ball. Uh, I was really impressed with them on defense, and yeah, the offense, the offensive line for them is just playing really, really well. And so they mm. don't. The good thing I think is that Drew Brees is not having to work as hard for them to win games. In fact, you know they have with a defense that's playing really well and such an effective run game, they've got sort of a plethora of ways to attack the opposition. And I think that you know is why once they've got their defense bedded in and there were a lot of young players, and I suspect that's why they struggled in the first couple of games. Mm. I mean, they're really going on a run, run, and I think they are one of the few sides in the NFC who um, look like they might be able to give the Eagles a run for their money. I was going to say, do you think they could be uh, NFC contenders for the uh, for, for for NFC divisional? A strong defense that seems to be doing enough, what looks to be a really good run game, and a future Hall of Fame quarterback. It sounds mm. like a formula that you can make a strong run with. It, you know, it, the game is not going to be too big for Breeze if, if they make it to the playoffs. Yeah. Well, uh, on the other side, there was, was the uh, we had obviously the Bills. Uh, their offense was not quite as good. They they brought on. Uh, in the fourth quarter, Nathan Peterman, uh, their backup quarterback, um, came on. Uh, Tyra Taylor sat out the, uh, the, the well. Was it most of the? I think it was most of the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, wasn't it? Um, he looked all right. He made seven out of ten. Got seventy nine yards and a touchdown, which was more than than Tyra Taylor did in the first three quarters. And I think he's, from what I've heard, he's uh, he's earned himself a starting role this week. I I hadn't heard that. I'd be a little bit surprised because because uh, a lot of people and. Uh, uh, and I, I was one of them. Thought Tyrod was doing pretty well, but they, they, there's been they've not really taken to him particularly a lot this season. Um, and the problem that the Bills seem to have is that they're not designed to come back from a lead, and they just weren't in this game at all. No. But Peterman did look effective in those two drives. I think he only had two; it wasn't that many. But yeah, the what the touchdown one seemed to be um, delivering the ball nicely in terms of anticipation. Uh, I didn't study him that closely, but. They could have something there, and if mm. they've made the decision that um, with the diaries in the last two losses that they want to take a look at Peterman, I can sort of understand it. It just feels like that people keep underestimating Tyrod Taylor. And I, I quite like him. He doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't sort of sort of throw the ball and force it. And some people think that, that he's, he can't do it. And I just wonder with the receivers they have, you know if he's not making the right decision by using his legs and holding on to it. So Possibly. I'm curious about how that situation will work out in the long term, to be honest. 
Well, that's it. It's uh, I think whether they just want, like you say, whether they just want to take a look at, at Peterman and see if he see how he starts, and then and then potentially I, bring Tyra Taylor in after, for I don't know second half or something. I don't know. And Tyra, it, it doesn't feel like they'd do that for a regular season game. If we're going to start no. Peterman, they'll, they'll sit him out. What I'm wondering about is they've decided that with the, the last couple of weeks' struggles and what's going on and how well Peterman moved moved the ball on that one drive that they give Peterman a shot. And mm. I don't think they're committed to um, Taylor. Um, beyond the end of the season and maybe they've just decided that um, they might want to look to the Now's future the time. yeah absolutely well, there's not much uh, not much else to uh, to say about this game it was quite just quite a yeah, quite a one-sided uh, one-sided affair wasn't it yeah I, I feel slightly disappointed that, that we didn't get a more competitive game but I, yeah. I am I am so happy to see the Saints after all those years of Breeze toiling and throwing for 5,000 yards mm. seasons and, and, and sort of getting 7 and 8 and not making the playoffs it's really yeah. good to see him in the playoff hunt and you know I, I'd like to see him um, do well yeah we both we both got this one uh, correctly in our picks we both picked the uh, the Saints and uh, yeah it was, uh, it was was quite a I thought I didn't think it was a particularly difficult one to, uh, to, to pick but uh, yeah um, the final game was Monday night. We're gonna we uh, we watched the, the we very rarely get to get watching the uh, the Monday night games you, generally because of the uh, the, the schedule of uh, of having to watch them and and, and record the podcast. It generally has to be a really good game for, yeah. to, to attract our attention, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And this one was uh, yeah, it was, but a really good game. Yeah, not really good, Sorry. really good game. Yeah, it was the it was the Dolphins and the Panthers. Um, Dolphins have been looking like they were they were starting to get back uh, to, to to sort of better form um, before this game, uh, but yeah, I think it might be now time for the uh, time for me to play, play that funeral march. It was it was forty five twenty one to the uh, to, to the Carolina Panthers. Um, absolutely no run defense at all from the from the Dolphins. No, um, they didn't seem to have adjusted to the Panthers, who'd shown the previous week that they'd gone going back to more of their old style offense and letting Cam Newton run mm. run yeah. more and, and play play the system that worked for him rather than this experiment with trying to make him a pocket quarterback that just doesn't seem to have worked. And I don't know if it was a short week, um, a bad plan, but yeah, the. the it also Kiko Alonso missed a few tackles. There was did, at least yeah. one where Cameron Wake came crashing down on an option play mm. and took Cam Newton, Cam Newton and Newton just handed off as part of the option and Kiko Alonso was just nowhere in sight. And it's like he should have surely he was the one who had to contain if Jordan Cameron crashed down like that and yeah. it was just a huge pickup and and they caused you all sorts of problems with read option and just McCaffrey's elusiveness and he my work and he jump cut and stop. Oh yeah. It was yeah, he was he looked very good. He looked very, very good. Yeah, and there was questions about the pick of him at the start of the season just because if you pick a running back that high he better be spectacular and I think it was the problem was that they were sort of still had Cam sat in the um pocket and were trying to force the ball to him and he was sort of coming in on gadget plays. But yeah, he looked very effective in this game, didn't he? He did absolutely. I mean, the, the the thing that surprised me a little bit was uh, on all all season the defense has been the strong side of the ball, but really they they weren't really there. They kind of didn't turn up on Monday. Can I offer you a tiny sliver of hope? Uh, go on then. Because here's the thing for me, is that you know what in the first half you guys weren't bad, mm. and it was you know you were seven ten down. Yeah. And it was okay, and then. My word, when Jay Cutler throws a, as an interception, he throws a bad one. And yeah. if you look at it on replay, uh, Luke Keekley basically drops back and runs the um, tight ends route backwards, and, and Cutler just passes him the ball. Yeah, just and knew the route. And he was never open. 
he forces that pass in and suddenly he turns over the ball uh you know in the last two minutes when they're trying to push push to mm. push the game gives the um Panthers a short field and they're able to go down and score a touchdown and what should have been a close game seven ten and hey maybe if, even if you'd punted the ball away you know you could have gone in only a field goal down suddenly it's seven seventeen and then I do wonder if the defence goes, here we go again, and it just fell apart in the second half. Yeah, it kind of felt that way. Um, one positive for the Dolphins was Kenyon Drake, who uh, he's getting, certainly getting there with his running. He, he was sharing the uh, the snaps with uh, with Demi that, Williams. That was a great play, was it not? Did that at least cheer you up a little? I did. I mean, that's like like I say, it was one of the few positives of the game. But it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lovely it was a lovely run. Um, yeah, he, he he seems to be doing pretty well. Like I say, sixty six of his eighty two yards were in one play, but. Still, still not looking, not looking perhaps as as dire as it might have done once we uh, we let Ajayi go. I'm not sure. That's not the bit that worries me. The bit that worries me is um, quarterback and Sue. Mm. Oh, yeah. Sue has pay, paid so much money and I think that's hamstringing the way you're building your side and yeah. the problem with Cutler is he keeps overthrowing passes. He, he he looks good one minute and then you know there are balls sailing over the head of open receivers and mm. this is something that we've been saying all through his career. You know he has moments, and last week he looked quite good. But this week was not great, and I think they either need to get Tannehill, you know, extended or commit to someone new. Yeah. But you haven't got your long-term quarterback, and I'm not so worried about the job that Adam Gase is doing. But I've never trusted your front office, and I think they need to have a good off season. They certainly do. Well, we yeah we both picked the uh, the Dolphins on this one, and both got it wrong. Um, let's have a look at the uh, the rest of the games then the uh, the Packers and the Bears the Packers were uh, yet to win a game since uh, the Aaron Rodgers injury going into this one uh, they were looking to change that this week and they uh, they managed it it was 23 points to 16 uh, to the Green Bay Packers uh, it was the first career win for uh, Brett Hundley uh, Packers defence sacked Trubisky five times including three individual efforts for Nick Perry uh, the Browns uh, yet to win still, uh, and the Lions were uh, were, were uh, well. They needed the win really to uh, to compete uh, or carry on competing in the NFC North. Um, the Browns were winning for a while, but uh, there was twenty one un- unanswered points from the Lions in the second uh, half secured the win, uh, and the uh, the Browns are now uh, the only team without a win. It feels familiar, doesn't it? It's it does, and I really thought that I was going to get um, my cover for a lot of this game. Yeah, it was twenty four thirty eight to the uh, the Detroit Lions. Uh, the Steelers are flying at the moment. Look, every bit uh, going into this one like they'd be uh, taking their place in the postseason. It was uh, 20 points to 17 in the end to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it was uh, yeah, much closer than, than was expected. Steelers was 17-3 down just after half-time, but uh, mounted a bit of a comeback and won with a kick in the last second of the game. Uh, very, very close one in uh, in Jacksonville. Uh, Philip Rivers uh, the LA Char- uh, and his LA Chargers uh, have beaten the Jaguars on the last two meetings. Uh, but the Jags certainly went into uh, into the, into this one as the uh, the form team. It took overtime to uh, separate the two teams. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, won this one by twenty points to seventeen. They made a lovely fake punt play, uh, which turned into a fifty-six yard rushing touchdown for uh, Corey Grant. And their, uh, their their kick at the end to uh, to win the game was was tipped, wasn't it? I haven't seen it, so I'll take yeah. your word for it. The one for me about this is I'm trying to remember the statistic and I can't, so we'll, we'll have to... Guys, look this one up because the um, Chargers have lost something like eight games. It might even be double-digit games by three yeah. points in the last two seasons. Wow, that is, that's a lot. That's a hell of a lot. 
yeah, they, they, they lose a lot of close games and to, to a field goal. It's a very Chargers-y thing. Mm. Uh, well, the Buccaneers haven't won since week four, uh, and we'll go into this uh, this week's game without uh, James Winston and Mike Evans, who were both injured and suspended, respectively. Uh, it was uh, there was there was Fitz Magic though on uh, on Fitz Patrick's return to New York. It was fifteen uh, ten to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he ha- he hardly had a blinder, but uh, did do enough to uh, to get the win. It was the uh, the Bucks' second win of the year. That's that's actually a really um, disappointing loss for the Jets, I would imagine, given how tough they've yeah. played and with a wounded team like the Bucks coming in with their 30th ranked defense. That's got to hurt. I would suggest so. Yeah, I think I think you, you you're probably right. Um, Minnesota Vikings uh, they're looking good this year they uh, clearly wanted to uh, cement their place at the top of the NFC North this week uh, they also had Teddy Bridgewater reinstated earlier this week as well it was a very emotional one uh, on the sidelines for him it was 38 points to 30 uh, to the Minnesota Vikings Teddy Bridgewater is going to have uh, some work to do if he's going to uh, oust Case Keenum uh, lovely one-handed uh, touchdown this week from uh, Morris Harris uh, I don't know if you've seen that one early on in the game uh, and yeah the Vikings are looking like they uh are one of the the teams to beat in the NFC. They could they could be the uh, the first team to uh, to to go to the Super Bowl in their own uh, in their own stadium. It's certainly a possibility. Um, I have to say, I think Case Keenum will keep the job as long as he keeps playing this well. Particularly yeah. as um, not only has Teddy Bridgewater just come back from that injury, but as a consequence of that, he hasn't had an off season. He's not taking first team reps. I think it would be the smart move would be to only bring him in if you need it, and then I suspect it will be his job to lose in in the off season. But they have three sort of winning quarterbacks on the roster at the moment, and there will be some interesting decisions ahead for the Vikings. Quick quiz for you on this uh, on on this one. Put you on the spot here. This is uh, this has come from my dad. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, which teams are that have come closest to uh, to, to playing at, uh, at home at their own home stadium in the in the Super Bowl? Two teams. Ooh, two teams. Yep. I really see. This is the kind of general knowledge that I just don't have. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Cowboys because they've recently had one in their um, mega stadium. Okay, and I can't think of any other candidates off the top of my head. Do you want me to put you out of your misery? Yeah, please. It was Miami and Houston. Um, oh, both you know got the closest. They've each, was... lo- each lost in the playoffs with uh, only two games away from the uh, from the Super Bowl. I'm really cross with myself now because <laughs> I actually considered saying the Dolphins just because they host the Super Bowl so regularly. They do have it a lot. Yeah, that's it. Well, uh, yeah. anyway, on with the uh, on with the rest of the games. Good, good of the... quiz from, from from your dad. If he wants to, to send in any more trivia quizzes to stump me completely, uh, <laughs> he's more than welcome. That's it. Well, speaking of the uh, of the, of the Houston, of Houston Texans, the uh, they they played the uh, the Rams on uh, on Sunday. Uh, Rams heading heading the right way about being the first team to go uh, from the lowest scoring team in one season to the highest scoring team in the next. It was thirty three points to seven in the end. It carried on this week. Uh, another great game from Jared Goff. Texans. Uh, only points came through a touchdown in the second quarter, but the uh, the Rams were far too strong for them. Rams are pretty good. They, they, are, they certainly are. So that's not a, not a bad uh, way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, the uh, Cowboys had their first game without Ezekiel Elliott uh, this week, as he's uh, now on suspension, as we mentioned earlier. So he's uh, looks like he's pretty much done for the uh, for the season. And didn't they just struggle? Um, it was twenty seven points to seven to the Atlanta Falcons on in the, in this game. Um, the Cowboys scored their uh, first touchdown and then and then kind of called it a day and the uh, the Falcons uh, got everything else. Alfred Morris couldn't uh, couldn't fill the hole left by Zeke uh, and yeah it wasn't helped by eight sacks on Dak Prescott. 
Yeah, I'm going to briefly mention the thing that Ross Tucker likes to talk about, which is any more than two sacks by an individual player is on the coaching yeah. staff, not the not the player he's going against, because yeah. you need to be helping him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Giants and the 49ers. The, if the 49ers were going to uh, go to win this year, you, you really thought this one was going to be the one, and they did do it. It was uh, 31 points to 21 uh, to the San Francisco 49ers against the New York Giants. Uh, it was emotional in more, more ways than one, uh, in having lost his unborn child in the early hours of Sunday morning. Marquise uh, Goodwin uh, got the 49ers' first touchdown. Uh, thoughts obviously go out to him, and I'm uh, very pleased to say that the, uh, the 49ers managed to get their first win. Uh, and the Patriots uh, came fresh off their bye week this week, while the uh, Broncos have been obviously publicly uh, a bit a little unsure about the state of their quarterbacks. I can't imagine they've answered any questions this week. It was 41 points to 16 to the uh, to the New England Patriots against the Denver Broncos. Uh, New England were by far the superior team, uh, and with their uh, new backup quarterback, quarterback uh, Brian Hoyer, even managing to get in on the action, making three plays towards the end as well. It's a fan Right then, Jay, it's that time to take a look at what you've been uh, writing about on the blog this week. Uh, we're, uh, we're halfway through the season and you decided that uh, it was time to do the mid-season report cards for each team, didn't you? It's been, a, it's been an interesting one so far, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I was sticking straight to football and I was basically trying to do a sentence on each team. I might have cheated yeah. a little bit, um, but it was just nice to have a general rundown and remind myself of the fact that whilst the only team I feel like I possibly haven't seen enough of is the Giants, and I'm not too upset about that, but I had opinions <laughs> on all teams. So I think we're doing an okay job of covering the league. Yeah, absolutely. You've, uh, you have, I believe you have watched some coaching take this week, haven't you? But you didn't, didn't write about it. I got halfway through writing it up, but um, I had the um, in-laws over this weekend as we were working on the new palaces for our rabbits. And so I got it half written <laughs> and didn't fully get up. But yeah, I watched the Eagles um, going against the Broncos. And specifically, I was looking with the way that they dealt with Von Miller. And the honest answer is a lot of the time, they just left Lane Johnson um, one-on-one with him. Mm. And Lane Johnson held up. It wasn't always pretty. And there were a lot of times when he forced back. But equally, at one point, honestly, you should dig this uh, um, vine out or short clip if you can, of, Von, of him knocking Von Miller to the floor with one arm. He sort of like let him half spin past him and just knocked him down with one arm. It was, it was the most amazing block. But they did... The, the interesting thing for the Eagles is that they did take advantage of Von Miller's um, aggressiveness a couple of times and used read option yeah. and sort of used the mobility of Wentz and when uh, when when Von Miller went went for the for the sack he just um, threw one long pass off play action another he did a little read option pass and they're just really well schemed as a defense and the only sack Von Miller get was actually against um, um, Vitae rather than uh, um, Lane Johnson so. I was impressed mightily with the scheme with with the Eagles as much with the players, which considering they've lost Lane Johnson is not Lane Johnson. Uh, Jason Peters is a good job. Yeah, are you going to be watching anything in particular on the coaching take this week? I feel like I'm doing a bit of a quarterbacks row because I think I've got the two net weeks lined up. I think I'm going to take a look at what Case Keenum did this week, and then um, I might be taking a visit uh, to um, the Rams to see their offense the week after. I knew you were going to say that. I did think you were going to say that. Well, uh, for that and much more from G, make sure you stay tuned to the blog. It can be found at thewrongfootball.com. Are you ready for some football? Right, time for us to make some picks for week 11 then, I suppose. It's uh, 82.76 to G as we currently stand. So you uh, you picked up uh, two points, I think, this week on me, uh, which was disappointing. Well, I did, I'm, I'm just happy that I got my Thursday night uh, one. <laughs> um, I'm going for the same logic as I went last last week on the, uh, on the, on the Thursday night. I'm going to go against who I think uh, is, it should actually go with. Um, it's the Titans and the Steelers, and uh, the, the Titans are given seven and a half points. I want to go for the Titans, but I'm going to go for the Steelers. 
I think I might go with the Titans. Yeah, well, well this, the Steelers this could keep be the week making it hard work of games, and seven and a half points for Titans are six and three, and and it's mm. scrappy, but I think they might cover that. Yeah, um, Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears at uh, three and a half points for the Bears. What do you think? I'm really tempted by that, but I think I'm leaning Lions because they're looking pretty good. Yeah, I think the Lions have got too much on but this one. But it, it feels like it feels like a little bit of a disrespectful line to the Chicago Bears. That's like a six and a half point shift from a home advantage I yeah. don't think the Bears are that bad no no I don't think they are that bad I think it's uh, it's, it's it's yeah it's, it's, I, I'm but still going to go for the, the Lions yeah I think the Lions are good for the win though yeah I ask this question every week I'm going to continue asking it until they do do you think the Browns are going to win this week not this week they've got the Jaguars uh, and they, they're given seven and a half points in this game I keep losing on the Browns. I think I might lose with the Jaguars this week. <laughs> I'm going to go for the Jaguars. Um, yeah. Uh, Baltimore Ravens and the Green Bay Packers. Two and a half points to the Packers. I really don't know because the Ravens I don't trust and I don't know enough about what the Packers did on Monday. It f- I don't trust the Ravens at all. No. But I'm not sure I can bring myself to pick... The- Having said that, Brett Hunley's just won a game and... Mm. And I'm sorry, but Joe Flacco has not looked good all year. No, he's I'm not. really up in the air on that one. I'm I'm, I'm initially thinking Ravens personally. Yeah, I've, I'm leaning that way myself, but I'm really not convinced. Mm. Um, Chiefs and Giants, big swing on this one. It was it's ten and a half points given to the uh, the Giants. Chiefs fresh off their bye week. What do you think? <sighs> Andy um, Reid has an incredible record off bye weeks. The Giants not very good. I. Absolutely expect the Chiefs to win, and I but will it be by eleven points? Mm. I'm really tempted by the Chiefs, which feels wrong. But the Giants are just really, really bad. Yeah, I'm going for the Chiefs. I'm going for the Chiefs. Uh, Rams Vikings. This will be a hell of a game. Two Why do you half... think I'm, I, I've got this one lined up for coaching yeah. tape already? <laughs> yeah, don't blame you. Two and a half... Rams offense against the Vikings D. I'm so excited. Two and a half points given to the Rams. Vikings are at home, which is. Yeah, they, they they get a big home advantage the uh, the Vikings. They do seem to. There's a lot. It's a noisy stadium. Um, I think we're going to find out a lot about these teams. It feels like this is this is slight advantage to the Rams, and I'm really not sure. But this is this is game of the week, absolutely, and we're watching it, right? Definitely, hundred uh, percent. I'm I'm going to go with the with the Vikings. I think. I think I'm leaning. I'm not sure. I think that home advantage is just going to going to be be too much. But then. The Rams just score for fun, don't they? At the yeah, minute, so they, they do seem to. Yeah, um, New Orleans Saints, uh, big win last week. They're uh, they've got the the Washington Redskins this week, uh, and the, the Redskins given seven and a half points. Washington seem to be a tough out for a lot of teams, so the points make me hesitate. But the Saints mm. are just really good. I think I'll be looking at um, the Washington's um, metrics against the run and making a decision that way. But I'm tempted by the Saints. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm going Saints on this one. Uh, Cardinals Texans uh, one and a half points given to the Texans both teams are a little bit broken yeah I have no idea how to pick this game with the yeah. Ca- I, I think I might be leaning Cardinals just yeah, because because at least they have Adrian Peterson and he'll have plenty of rest mm. and the Texans just don't have a lot at the moment because they're all injured yeah I'm I'm going to go for the Cardinals on that on this game Um. Oh look, it's week one, or at least the uh, the game that was that was rearranged from week one. Um, the Dolphins and the Buccaneers. Uh, I'm of course going to be going for the Dolphins. Uh, Buccaneers are given two and a half points. 
I just don't know. The Buccaneers have just got a win. The Dolphins have just looked dreadful, but the Dolphins are back home, and the defense of the Bucks ranks really badly. Yeah, I'm tempted by the Dolphins just because if it was any other team, I'd have some faith in them. But I have no faith in the Bucks. Mm, I think you, you, yeah, spot on. But then, then again, they did they did all right last week. Yeah, but will it be um, Fitz Magic or James Winston playing? Or, or Fitz Tragic? Yeah. Um, Chargers and the uh, Buffalo Bills. Uh, four and a half points given to the Bills. Um, I'm. I think I'm going to go Chargers. See, I'm thinking the same because the Bills have had a really tough two weeks. Yeah, but the Chargers seem to specialise in close games, and I'm, I'm just not convinced by four and a half points. I'm really tempted for Bills for a backdoor cover. I'm not yeah. sure they'll win. Yeah, but just the Chargers seem to play every game close, and and that feels like too many points to me. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the uh, with the Chargers, but uh, I could change my mind. Um, what about your game, Bengals and Broncos? Both neither team have been great, but I think Beng- Bengals are given two and a half points. I think the, the Bengals' defense can hold the Broncos up because of their quarterback problems. Yeah, I think the Bengals' offense is going to really struggle, um, particularly as um, they have one of their own. Um, old players in the the Broncos defense and we already have problems running the ball so um I think I'm leading Broncos and I'm not happy about it I would like to be proved wrong I think I'm gonna I've got a bit more faith I think I'm gonna go Bengals I I might be just jaded by this season (laughs) possibly um the Patriots and the Raiders um six and a half points to the Raiders yes playing in Mexico City um Oh, is it I didn't realize that one I believe so yes and I fancy the Patriots in this game yes me too the, the, they seem to be coming together at the right time and doing that usual Patriotsy thing. Yes, that's it. Um, Eagles eight and one Philadelphia Eagles against the uh, the Dallas Cowboys, who are obviously without uh, their their star running back again. Uh, three and a half points given to the Cowboys. That doesn't feel like anywhere near enough. The Eagles are going to eat them to, for lunch. Uh, yes, um, they will. Particularly if um, the Cowboys left tacklers out again, that could get with mm. the defensive um, pass pressure that the Eagles have been getting. Yeah, I yeah, Eagles all day. And then the uh, the final game Monday night, uh, it's the Atlanta Falcons and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, now, obviously, we mentioned earlier that the Seahawks defense uh, has got some holes in it. Um, three and a half points are given to the Falcons as well. I have uh, no idea. There's just with uh, yeah. the injuries on the on the Seahawks defense. I have no confidence, and I have no trust in the Falcons because of the way they've played this season. Um, it's those injuries I think that's making me want to go for Falcons initially. I'm thinking that extra half point is making me think Falcons. I'll, I'll confess, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Falcons crum- crumbled on the road to, road to the Seahawks. Mm, well, let's uh, let's let's see. I suppose there's only one way to find out. I felt that one way up here. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks very much for listening. If you've uh, liked what you've heard, please do remember uh, to give us a like, a subscribe, and a review through whatever medium you procure your podcasts. It really does help us to get into as many pairs of ears as we possibly can. We'll be back again next week to cast our eye over the action of week 11 uh, and also make our picks for week 12 when uh, we get the Thanksgiving run of games on Thursday, which means you'll have booked the day off. Indeed I have. <laughs> In the meantime, uh, make sure you check out the com for more from the mind of G. And remember, if you want to get in touch with us, you can either by dropping us an email to twfpodcast at outlook.com or find either G or myself on Twitter at wrongfootball or at twfdan. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye.